0: namaste motherfuckers and welcome to tantric conversation episode number 40 josh hami this is an interview that i recorded in 2004 when i was living in uh, southern california and uh it's not gonna sound great i uh i found it in a sewing box one night when uh, i was hanging out here and we were actually um we were looking for the sewing box, and we found this box. We opened it up, and there was this micro cassette of a recording. This interview I did 10 years ago this May, and uh, coincidentally, I'm going to see Queens of the Stone Age tonight, and we were buying the tickets for it when I found this tape. And uh, so I, I transposed it. I, I mean, I didn't transpose it. I recorded it from the micro cassette onto the... Uh, Digital medium, and it's not gonna sound great, as I said before. But you can hear it. I've listened to the whole thing, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, snapshot. This is right after "Lullabies to Paralyze" came out, and they were touring on that. And uh, you know, they just kicked Nick Oliveri out of the band not that long ago, and really s- it just sort of started to take off as a, a strictly Josh with the new band kind of a thing. And um, We we have a great conversation. I mean, he got he started off trying to be a smartass with me, but uh, gradually we got into uh, you know really talking. And uh, some parts of it are again are garbled, but um, I think you can if you if you turn it up, you can hear it. Just uh, be patient because it's worth it. It's very he he says a lot of cool stuff. He's a cool guy. And what I remember about doing this interview at the time was that um, I had you know just kind of moved to the LA area and was you know occasionally I lived in about 30 miles from LA but every so often I would go up there and I had at that point I had met a few different people that were relatively or moderately famous rock star types and I didn't have a lot of hopes for uh, Josh Homme being all that cool I was expecting him to be a dick be all LA whatever that means what I know what it meant to me at the time but he wasn't, he was a really cool guy, and he felt like somebody I already was friends with. So, um, yeah, this is, this is that thing, recorded microcassette over a s- loudspeaker of a telephone ten years ago. Um, there is one point where he, uh, he tells me something about a uh, Desert Sessions uh, contest, and he says not to print it or whatever, but I think it's been long enough. 10 years since we did this interview and it's guys even more than that 15 20 years since that record came out so i think it'll just be fun and stick around like towards the end he talks about pj harvey coming out to uh rancho della luna to record the um that desert sessions nine and ten and uh a bunch of other stuff so you know get through it have try to have patience it's worth it it's really a uh little snapshot of the man where he was at the time and this is i'm recording this right after he was on the grammys and five o'clock tonight i will be going down to raleigh north carolina to check him out for like the fifth time or something since 1998 with uh with that i'll pass
1: josh Homme interview may 28th where'd that sound check go yeah, uh, so everything checked out, man. Good. You know, I was thinking while I was uh, sitting here waiting uh, to uh, talk to you about you doing sound check. I remember that story about when you guys and Caius were opening up for Metallica, and they gave you full PA one night. And story is you blew them off the stage. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know
2: who's telling, I don't know who's telling that story. It's just uh, that first night we played with them. They were like, "Go ahead, man, give it your best shot." And,
1: and we had a fucking amazing night and then the next night PA was gone. So is it is it standard practice to give the opening band like uh, less of a PA than the, the main act? Depends on the size of your dick, actually, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, are you gonna- yeah, we don't ever do
2: anything even remotely close to that. In fact, I, I love to take out bands that make us, we call, just make us run. Yeah. And it's. I don't know, it seems like it, you try to take out bands that you really like
1: and to think it stunts some band that you like. It's just uh, kind of like piercing in the taint or something. Well, yeah, exactly. What, How did, I mean, like, do you get all the say in who you take out at this point or does the record label say anything about that? Uh, they, they never have said
2: anything about that. You know, I mean, there, there was a t- one time we did a favor for somebody, you know, not for a label, but for. favor because we thought we'd get a favorite back, but we learned that
1: uh, you have to do it like wimpy. You get that in hamburger now, for the, and you pay on Tuesday. <laughs> and we, we won our favor first. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so is uh, Eagles of Death Metal opening up for you there in uh, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, totally. Eagles of Death Man. Yeah, I saw that. I was down in San Diego for the show uh, last week. Oh, yeah. They sounded really great with that lineup. They I'm, like, sort of jealous and excited all at the same
2: time. <laughs> you? Wow, look how good it is, and, and then I, I should be there. Fuck you, people.
1: <laughs> that's why you got a girl playing drums, right? So you don't feel quite so insecure about it?
2: No, no, that's like Benetton.
1: <laughs> all we need is like... Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, I heard you were uh, doing some work with... Uh, uh, it. Death From Above, 1979. Yeah, dude. I fucking love that band. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. I, I, actually, I think I found out about them because Melissa Alftomar listed them as her favorite band of last year or something like Spin. And I checked them out. They're pretty incredible. Are you producing a whole record? or? No, actually, um,
2: uh, I just... I, I wanted to tour with them and stuff like that. And then they asked me about doing a remix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, which is an interesting idea if you... You know, because for me, a remix doesn't mean like we're going to a dance
1: club in Germany. Right, right. It just, it's just bringing up the guitars or bringing, you know, doing something like that. Or just like, you know, I, I'm assuming like changing it all together and just going nuts with it, you know? Well, they they are just a guitar, what a bass and drums, right? Right. So, so I started by putting four more basses on it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Rhythm bass and lead bass and all that. The thing was, I was just glad to that they asked me to do something, but the truth of the matter was, is that the, the, the two songs they gave me, I was like, these songs are badass, I wouldn't change anything. And they, they, were they on that uh, that record, You're a Woman, I'm a Machine, or were they? Uh, You're a Woman, I'm a Machine. <laughs> Who were the songs from that record, or they? Uh, yeah,
2: they were Black History Month and Romantic Rights, and they
1: were like, pick one. All oh, right on. Yeah, I like the second or third song in there, I think. But, um, so, you know, this is a thing I've been thinking about since I was going to do this interview with you. You know, I've read various shit about how, like, you know, you got kind of disillusioned after Caius and you kind of went into hiding for a while. And, and uh, or I don't know if hiding's the right word, but you, you mentioned getting as far away from, like, the music scene as possible, going to Seattle or whatever. And what, what sort of changed for you over the last, I don't know, 15 years or 10 years to make you willing to accept the role you have now? As well... I mean, I
2: guess the thing that brought me back quick was uh, I left because, you know, I got so into the Stooges and, and lust for Life and the Idiot, those two records too, that I was like, you want to know what I have to say? Just see these records. And I'm, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Yeah. yeah? And uh, because
1: myself, but, um, I mean, I, I had the same problem I'm, as a writer in college, you know, I read all of these great books, and I was like, well, this shit's all been said before, why the fuck, you know, where do they need me to say it, and I relate to that, but there's sort of been a gradual, you know, increase in your sort of stature as, like, you know, pop culture kind of figure, and I'm just sort of wondering how you're handling that aspect of it. Well, I mean, that's that a little more tough
2: to navigate, because there's no, no, no advice will really help, you know what I mean? Every situation is situational. And, uh, you know, I have this, this new thing where some people just fucking, they're like, dick. You know? Yeah. Like, where I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, man. You know? And, and it's always been so, that uh, we've always had such a good relationship with like the press and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it, you know, now on things, when things happen that are difficult, you know, people, people, uh, have an opinion now because more people have the records. Yeah, but it's kind of tough. It's it's kind of tough for me to justify worrying about it too much. Yeah, it's a, it's not. It doesn't seem
1: like enough thing to worry about. You know, like nothing I can do. You know. Right. So you, you just kind of have had to get used to it, basically, and just move on. Yeah. I mean. I think. I don't know. I just think it's the one of the things that
2: I left behind. The cards were so. Fiercely, it was like a religion, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're so fiercely abided by all of its rules that we kind of painted ourselves into a corner, and and we're kind of negative, you know. Yeah, like everything's
1: song the Neptunes did too
2: yeah and it's like uh, that fucking that Timberlake song that sounds like Michael Jackson
1: yeah yeah that
2: song is kids too what do you want me to say
1: well you know in all those cases that's the Neptunes too
2: I know exactly
1: punk rock right now and there's an awful lot of that you know like I mean I do PR for a punk rock label and it's there's so much about like well they aren't punk because they don't have mohawks or whatever you know yeah, but
2: but in reality to me like And, and like to me what we're doing in a lot of ways is
1: more punk rock than than a punk rock band because we're trying to infiltrate and, and destroy from the inside out <laughs> and I think you're doing an admirable job of that really I mean to see the amount of people at I mean I've been you know into you guys since 98 and to see the the faces changing at the shows and the people that are getting won over you know and realizing that great music is just great music even if the singers got a mullet you know
2: and and like and like I'm mean. a
1: something earlier maybe you can use sometime my, my dad and I are both tall about as tall as you are and my dad got a lot of shit uh, in his workplace and he was like you know I, I think I, I just feel like I have to tell him you know it's a matter of altitude not attitude <laughs> <laughs> I totally know the
2: feeling because everyone that, like, that I, that's like tiny they immediately associate me with like
1: in your music uh one thing i was wondering is you know i think like in my head or something is like perfect on nine and ten and you know and it's not like it's bad on on the new version but it's just so much more you know compressed and studio sounding and I, i was wondering you know what is your ethos about like working on a song after you've kind of done a great version of it and you know you've taken them from desert sessions to the records before do you have a a rule like I'm only going to do it this many times, I'm only going to fuck with it this much, or?
2: Well, it's more about, um, it, it's, a, it's about, a, there's a couple factors. One of them is, is, is like, some songs seem like, like, the way i, I think music is that I, I feel like the songs just tell you what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: They're sort of around your head Yeah You know And that and that version of, of In my head Is like right down the middle You know Fucking room Right you know? Which is cool But I just got so addicted To that, that You know More wide open sound You know From that first version But well, I, You know Actually too You're talking about Something that I think Is really interesting It's like
2: It's why I know music Is so, such an important device For like Having a good time Yeah Because It People get really emotionally like charged by music of all styles of emotions. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, like in the case of this, it's like, man, I really like better. And it makes me almost not like the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and I fully totally understand that because I I that I I try not to, but I do it because you just follow your taste vein. You know? Yeah. Uh, and. It's one of those things where what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is a spot where it's like these are just what they are. It's okay. You know what I mean? Where the where put into listening and making it, but but like you can let it go. Like like
1: um, like it was so easy for me to let go of Creed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with uh, like Guided by Voices at all? Yeah, man. I I, I love Matador stuff. Yeah, I used, actually I used to work there back in the day, but that's not really the point. But what I did learn there is like when I first started listening to Guy by Voices is I hated this shit because it sounded so fucking rinky dink, you know. But then like I fell in love with B Thousand and then I got to see him live and it was like that produced version is like them playing it live. Like, you know, they record it in this basement on an A track and, and they just do it as you know, right when they wrote it so it's like super fresh and then you know you fall in love with the melody and the rudimentary sort of sound it has and you get to see them live and it's like holy crap you know yeah that's what i love about doing
2: records quick is that like you do this you do the best version you can really fast and then you always can improve like always can blow it away live and so if you have a a cool sounding record that you like and you know you live it's going to be even more you know and and um and I also think, too, that, like, when you put records like that in a time frame, like, production value production ruin a record for me, you know? Yeah. Like, like you know, like, albums that have, like, big dated reverb snares and stuff, they just don't translate well
1: in five years or something. Yeah, I was listening to that romantic song talking in your sleep at the gas station today and was thinking how horribly they mutated from what I like about you into that reverb sound in 80s production. Yeah,
2: where, like, Everyone's going, it's new, so use it. And everyone's going, okay, it's no problem. Yeah. But I. I, I
1: listen to that record probably literally millions of times <laughs> I, I like found it uh you know on vinyl the man's ruin release like because i had heard that you were doing a new band and i was pretty in the Caius back in the day in fact when i was working in matador the way that i rebelled against what was going on there because i got so sick of the smarty pants indie rock i was listening to Caius. yeah that'll piss off anyone that like has a white belt on <laughs> exactly and you know John Garcia took some getting used to, but, you know, it was, it was really like, you know, a breakthrough for me. And when, I, when that record came out, I mean, I just was all over it. But, I mean, I think that production is just perfect, yet I, it, it totally suits the fact that it was just you at that point, you know? And as more people came into the band and wrote, you know, there were more people writing songs and all of that, then it sort of makes sense that the production value would evolve, you know?
2: Well, and the idea is that it never gets produced, you know? Because I just
1: like things that are raw, I mean, uh, you know. Okay, like, well let's say engineering then, not producing, but like, you know.
2: Well, well that's what, I mean, that's what that
1: means I mean because I love,
2: I love engineering, I love my placement, like, that, for me, it's like, that's like going to school and and being able to do like a science project in your science class. Yeah.
1: pretty much have to tour if you want to make any kind of money off your record like the owns so much of it depending on your deal and even though you made it like with the right you know shit in mind there's still somebody else making money off your art you know in these major ways well you know it's like
2: And that's why I'm proud to say I own the first record, because that is the idea on filter tap, like right, right off the tap, you know. And, yeah. and if we do another record, like this, this record was was supposed to be the, the sonic sound of
1: the first record, but just bigger. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I hear that. Yeah. I mean, i spent a lot of time listening to it and I I see it it almost seems like a, uh, you know, kind of coming back to the beginning in a way. It's sort of like there was this big, this expansion in like the sound and there was like the last record was like a big fucking party. And now it's back to this much more personal kind of, you know, solo sort of a thing, even though I'm sure those guys have a lot to do with the writing to some degree. but. Well, it's just one of those things where so much stuff happened and some of it
2: negative, you know, that you want to go back like Hockey 3 and go to Apollo's gym and fucking, you know, fucking yeah. work, work out in the alley, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, this is the time when a lot of bands, are, where we're at is where I think a lot of bands go, like, we made it. And it's like, like it's over. Like, it's never over, you know? And, and I don't want to be...
1: I, I, an asshole about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the best mix of sliced bread. I just like to play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're, I mean, you are pretty much the best, uh, like, white male rocker these days. That's for sure. <laughs> the other white dudes. <laughs> but I, you, somebody, I read somewhere once that there was, that you had sort of a plan for the progression of the records, like, they were supposed to make up a, uh, some kind of, like, you know, body of work like they were—they were sequels to each other in some way, or or they were, you know, like a Wagnerian opera. They were, you know, this is. Well,
2: there's. there's I, I when I first started the band, I, I and was doing that first record. I was like, this is the first of three, you know, and um, and it, it seemed like the first one in order to get away from kind and not have to just be pigeonholed, you know. Yeah. Like a new sound, but something that wouldn't lose everyone that was the chaos because I liked all those people, you know. Yeah. But it's just like want to ease them slowly into the fact, like I'm not to repeat myself forever, you know. And then the second one, if you could fan the music
3: out a little, so it was a little more bizarre. Yeah.
2: And then the third one, like kind of incorporate the the hard act of the first one, the hard edges, but fan it out really wide. Yeah. able to play anything you wanted. And because you're, the people that are into you would, would be willing to accept that they don't know what's gonna happen. And it's like, you know? Yeah. I just like, I didn't want to be the lead singer, so we had three of them for a while, you know?
3: Yeah. Like, because, and, and
2: you know, I hear some people are like, you know, Lannigan's been traveling, is going on tour with us,
3: but he has the last tour. Mm-hmm. And I hear
2: these people like, yeah, you know, i missed the three single thing. And it's like, fuck, no, I got you I got used to it, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, excuse me for going regular for 10 minutes, you
1: know? <laughs> well, excuse you for doing what the fuck you want to do, period, you know, as an artist these days. I mean, you, you really can't do what other people expect you to do, you know, like you've been saying. Well, yeah. I, like, it, it's, when I sit there, I, I always say, like, to myself, isn't the obligation that you're,
2: Supposed to guess where I'm going and be wrong. Yeah. It's I'm supposed to surprise you. Stop being so pissed off about it. Just fucking pop
1: or shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? You know my my uh the, the kind of rude awakening I've had with this this new record is when I when I got into you guys I was on the East Coast in in Virginia and like I pretty much single-handedly introduced my hometown Richmond to you guys. You know I wrote about you guys in the the weekly and were well, you specifically I guess and. You know, I was constantly making girls mix CDs were almost entirely, like, shit from Desert Sessions, and they wouldn't even know, you know. It was all the same people. But, like, coming out here and, and being, in you know, sort of where you're from, it's like there's this so much more, like, everybody likes Queens of Stone Age. When I mean, the show gets is sold out when I want to get a ticket, and it's kind of a weird relationship to have, you know, to change, you know. this was sort of my own thing out there, and here it's like everybody likes them.
2: Well, I, I, I know it's, it's a weird... That's part of the weird thing for, for both you and me to negotiate, you know, is that, like, you know, we, like, it's one of those things where I don't like Nirvana anymore because they're huge.
3: Yeah. And, and,
2: and then you find yourself going, what the fuck am I saying? You know? Like, it's one of those things that isn't up to you and me almost, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I find it weird too because, like, you know, when, when Nick and I get along anymore, uh, and, and I didn't want to tell anyone why, you know, because he and I are friends and I'm not gonna fucking shit my, my boy uh, just because somebody I don't know wants to know. Yeah. And, and, but he was angry, so he's saying things that to him are are real, you know, and so it's like, I, I have to deal with the fact that these people think they know. Yeah. You know? And they're
1: like, well, Josh is a nasty asshole. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, I I think it's pretty... I feel like you've handled that really well, you know, without being like, you know, fuck you to people that are asking. I think you've handled it in incredibly, like, cool, mature fashions. You know, and basically said you guys are boys and you go way back. And I think I went to the L. Rey to see Mark Lanigan and, and Nick play, like, back in October. And I thought I spotted you, like, walk around backstage. No,
2: I, I, was, I was in the crowd, yeah. I, I was
1: there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I... You know, it's one of those things where, you know, that that relationship between having a band be where you're like this band is mine, and then and you tell people and word of mouth happens and it works and you get psyched for a second like you you're like fuck I helped to build this and then going you're like wait you know
3: yeah. and
2: on the other end I'm going I just want to play it and I uh, I want people
3: to like it because that's why, you know, when you when you give someone a CD, you hope they like it. Yeah. And, and
2: at the same time, it's like, uh, it's, what's interesting for me is like, there, there's that some people dig it that you wouldn't hang out with in a million fucking years, because you're like, God, it's back. You know? yeah. And on the other hand, there's a backlash from people that
1: like, they're like, oh, now it's all fucking huge or whatever. Yeah, and you know, for me, it wasn't like, when you said that bit about Nirvana earlier, you know, I've always refused to be that way. If I like a fucking band, I like a band. Like you said before, I mean, I like Stone Temple Pilots. I don't give a shit what anybody says, you know. You know, and, and Fu Manchu was like that for me and lots of other bands. But when, when you guys started getting this big, it wasn't that I didn't think you were cool anymore. It was more that it had just been this thing that I had a one-on-one relationship with. You know, and it was hard to lose that. Not so much like now they suck or now they're not cool, but it's just hard to kind of let that go where I'm just, you know, the only guy around that likes this shit, you know. Yeah, well,
2: and, and I mean, I wasn't even talking about that specifically because, or, or your thing specifically. It's just one of those things where you, you wrestle with that shit because, like I like no one's advice actually totally pertains, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, one of those things that you just try to figure out, try to, for me, it's like the moment when I need to be myself more than ever because i gonna be judged, I'd rather be just because of what who I really am, you know? If someone, if someone don't, don't like or does like it or don't like me or, or does like me, I'd, I'd like for the reasons that are correct, you know? Yeah. Where you just go, here, here, here I am, I guess, you know? Yeah the court of public opinion, and uh, um, I, I don't always get to a place where it's like, I, it's
1: just music. So like, it's only rock and roll, and I, but I like... Yeah, well, that, that that aspect of how, you know, there's... I mean, the fact that you're playing rock and roll, and there's, you know, we have, I guess, people of our, my generation. I mean, I was born in 1970. We have this expectation that every so often some awesome record's going to come along that just sort of galvanizes everybody. Right. You know, and they're really there hasn't been anything like that since, I guess the closest, the last thing that was anywhere near like that was, I guess, like maybe Nirvana, you know? Yeah, I I think definitely Nirvana galvanized something that, and uh, and um... I always sort of felt like that first Queens of the Stone Age record should have been that kind of a record, but there's so much like, you know, people who are marketing other bands are blocking your view of shit like that now, you know? I, 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 I... you know, for so long, guys, we like, tried to be out,
2: outsiders, you know, if anyone tried to pull us, I mean, even to get signed, they're like, we want to sign you. And our first reaction was like, no. Yeah. And, and so we kind of got dragged kicking and screaming at first, you know. And then it was one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm here, but I'm not playing with everybody, you know. You know, I want to keep my poison, you know, fuck you, you know.
3: And I think... Basically, it's just like I've learned to be on the outside. Even to hear something, one of our songs on the radio today. It's like, like we picked Little Sister because we thought it, it sounded like us, just rock and simple. Yeah. And and it was at the last minute, and we
2: changed everyone's mind at the label, you know? Because we're like, we're coming out. Before, our first thing we want to sound like us, would just be like short, boom, bang.
3: Yeah. You know? Because that. Uh, and when when I when I would hear
2: like. That's the obvious first choice. I'd be like, but whoa. <laughs> you
1: know, it's like it, to have this feeling like maybe now uh, I'm on the inside or that's what people think. Either that or you're working with people who really understand you and understand your music. Well, I, I mean. That's actually, harder to believe. <laughs> well, in, in, in
2: actuality, man, like I have a great relationship with Interscope because we don't make demos we play what we want. And so far they're, they're digging it. <laughs> whatever it is they do, you know? Yeah. And, and so, some indies and majors whatever, I mean, it's all the same. Selling shoes, uh, I wouldn't be like, you evil shoe selling fucks. Yeah. It's just like,
1: just a bunch of, there's no good guys or bad guys, just a bunch of guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on pretty much the lowest level of the, of the record business here at uh, TKO Records. You know, we put out like pretty classic, like kind of punk rock and, it's not like we're hating on anybody else, but it's hard to get coverage when the you know the majors are able to spend so much money advertising with you know even the very independent zines, you know and uh, well, dude, I know the feeling because I got
2: a small label records records, you know yeah and, and and it's like we put out two maybe three releases a year most of the
1: stuff is on the net because sometimes I can't even get. Caroline Gary, some of the stuff I put out. They're fucking bleeding assholes. That's why. Yeah, and and and, and at first they turned me down when I first went there, and I was like, come on, don't
2: be a dick. Sell some records here for you, whatever. You know, trying to say whatever I could say. Yeah. And and, and I ended up kind of affiliating with the Ipecac guys, and um and came back and and um, saw the guy from Caroline. I was like, I fucking told you, I'd be here anyways. <laughs> longing the inevitable dude <laughs> and even still it's like I don't want to try to parlay like go like hey just do this you know, I, want, I want people to just I want people to investigate and like it for what it
1: is and and just make it available yeah yeah like put it where someone could grab a hold to it a trip and uh well people in Caroline for instance they're the the they're the worst version of distro because they don't even see it as music anymore. It's fucking chits they're moving around. They're, it's credits, you know? They're, yeah. They don't care what's on the CD. It's a box of 100 things that are worth so much money. Well, and I think there's
2: this attitude that uh, if it sounds a little like something else, then maybe we can sell it to the same people, you know? Yeah. Which, which works if you're selling fucking bananas and plant or this car and that car. But when art and commerce is mixed together, it's a tricky subject, you know? It's like, you know, and especially, you know, I find it interesting because I don't want to sound like anyone else and I don't want to copy myself. Yeah. And so I'm trying to not sound like anyone else and then they turn around and try to say, hey, grab this. It's kind of like this. Yeah. But it isn't,
1: you know? And, And so it's this kind of weird, vicious circle where it's like, Hey, trip out on this. It doesn't sound like anything yeah. I actually bought that Millionaire record, that French band. I think you guys did some shows with them. Yeah, Belgian band. Yeah, they're, they're a good band, man. But I actually I bought them because I somebody compared them to you guys. And do not sound a damn thing like you, you know? Well, it's one of the things where... I, I like it a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. It, it, well,
2: I just produced their new record, you know? And, and like... The
3: reason I think that we we have a lot in common is because we don't sound alike. Yeah. You know, it's like
2: why I think that. you know, I've worked with Ween a couple times, and I have more uh, musically have more in common with Ween than almost any other band because we don't sound anything
1: alike. Yeah, and they made the, they had they applied the same you know idea to their records, just like let's fuck around with a whole bunch of different you know shit like God, Ween, Satan's got you know, everything on it. It's got like hard rock, it's got samba, whatever. They, they, their, their thing is, there's a, there's a way to do all things.
2: And yeah, we can play country. We can do a good version of country. We do our version of country. Yeah. And and so they, they see music just like this lawless space where you're allowed to do whatever you want. That's how I see it. People, like, that, that's why like, Eventually, I, I stopped paying allegiance to punk rock because I believed in it so much that I was like, man, wait a minute, this, this is full of rules and I have to do this and this. I thought
1: it was about like revolting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of funny because I mean, I find myself at 35, like I, I moved to California with this punk label and I'm down here in the midst of like total Southern Cali- California, you know, Dwayne Peters, punk. You know, and everybody's wearing vans and everybody's rocking these same patches and shit and I'm like I am like re- you know, I'm wearing jeans, T shirts and engineer boots, you know, and just doing my own thing and and we're all grown ups, we're not fucking teenagers. You know, and there's still that element of like, Why aren't you wearing vans? Yeah, man, it's just I, I see uh, I I just understand it as that, you know, people feel safe when other people do what they're doing.
2: Yeah. It feels like a validation and it, what do you do when you're not
1: looking for that? <laughs> <laughs> but There's that great line from Easy Rider. You know, Jack Nicholson says that people in America talk a lot about individual freedom, but nothing scares them more than a free individual. That's, that's exactly it, man. And, 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 you know, things like peer pressure and, uh,
2: and uh, this feeling of, uh, you know, my grandpa told me, if you're going to be different, you're going to get hit with rocks.
1: So learn to like rocks. Yeah. Is that the inspiration for that line, uh, it's all deflecting, stones are easy to throw? Yeah, that is. And I, uh, this sort of, uh, you know, I've, because I'm in punk rock, you know, and, and like this label started in San Francisco and it was contemporary to, you know, what <laughs> Rancid and all those guys were involved with. And every once in a while, you know, I come across somebody who's like, man, I'm done with U.S. thugs, you know, I can't listen to that band, you know, or whatever. Like, have you honestly ever been like accosted by kids who affiliate themselves with Rancid or whatever over this... Brody thing? No, none of them
2: have not, Honestly, dude, I, and I've even walked like the first was because the first thing is that there's this accusation that I stole Brody from Tim, which is total bullshit. And the thing, the thing of fact that was is that Brody and I didn't say a goddamn word the whole time. Nothing. Yeah. And it was hard to do because I'm used to give a conflict to someone, I, I, why let them dictate the pace of it, you know? Yeah. And because of I my past because of my past uh, and, and things like that, and because of the profile of the situation, I advise to not just say, "Hey, say what you need to say," and when you're done, I'll say what I need to say. Yeah. And because I used to walk to the distiller shows and stand
3: there in the open, like do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because in, in,
2: in my hometown, like around, talking shit, uh, uh, telling everyone else except you that they don't like you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I believe that like, it, it's not healthy to have relationships like that where it's like, uh,
1: are you with me or against me as a friend? Say it now, pay a just in front of me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't do that to people. Uh, you know, like I want people to be themselves. I don't want them to be fucking uh, my little minions, you know? Yeah, the yes men.
2: And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I I don't hide, and I'm too big. I'm uh, like I'm six five and I got red hair. How the fuck am I gonna hide? <laughs> I feel you,
1: man. I'm six four. You know.
2: Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where it's like if you got if
1: you if it's what you need to do, bring it. Yeah.
2: But either way, shut the fuck up and do one or the
1: other. Yeah. Like you, you want to talk all day, you're fucking in the wrong spot. You know. Well, were you? I mean, you know. Obviously, I mean, I don't know, we have, I, I know people that know you and shit and like, you know, whether it's like Jamie Wolf from back in the Man's Ruin Days or, right. you know, or Matt Sweeney or whatever. I mean, there's, you know, various, there's sort of, you have the reputation of like being kind of a ladies' man and, you know, now you've like really been with the same person for a long time. And, you know, I, I, is that a really different thing for you? Have you yeah, it, it's,
2: it's, it's fucking, for me, it's the coolest thing that's ever happened. Because you know, I, I, you know, while, it's the, the best way to describe it for for interview purposes is like. Uh,
1: well, hey man, I'm not really gonna put this in the interview. I'm just talking to you at this point. Yeah. Oh well,
2: well, well What I would say about it is, is that it's like oh, I used to say, you'll just know. Yeah. And and you know, like I do, and am I'm, I'm willing to like. I test drove a lot of vehicles. After yeah. <laughs> I, I decided to buy a vehicle, and I'm psyched. Are you
1: marrying her? Uh you no, know, off the record, yes, I am. Awesome. Yeah, actually, I already, I, some friends of mine came to a party at your house not long ago. Uh, this guy Jason is a skater, and his girlfriend Amy. And uh, I just heard through the grapevine that you got getting married. And I wanted to ask that, but yes, of course. This isn't a kiss-ass piece I'm writing, but I have no desire to like violate your privacy either, you know? Oh, well, it's, it's one of those things
2: where, because there was so much turmoil around it, I don't really talk about it. And primarily because no one else's business, but also because no one gets uh, a more unfair shake than Brody. Yeah. It's like, you know, to me I look at it as one of those things where here's a girl that has fucking made her own way all the way from Australia, and like, some people are like, she's a slut, she's been with two guys in fucking ten years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, she didn't write her own music, that's bullshit, man. I, I sat there in the other room, listening to her and the next
3: room over, write that entire line, fucker. Like, her boys didn't write anything, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the reason they did this is because they were like, we believe in you, and we'll uh, Bring us the songs and we'll fucking tear the ass out of them. Yeah.
2: Like, really cool, trusting, fucking beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. And, and um, and I also think that, uh, you know, you know Tim is kind of a control freak guy, so he's the type of guy that's like, nobody leaves me, I leave other people.
1: I want to tell you a story off the record that I heard is, is a rumor that, uh, did she walked she in on him one time and he was like jerking off to video? He took a, like young girls in front of the stage, just like looking up at the camera.
2: Dude, he's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> first, you know, uh, uh, off the record, too. Like, I met the first time I had him was loud loser when I was in the trees. Uh huh. And I want beat that dude down, man. And I should have when it wouldn't matter. Yeah.
3: Because
2: he was like your friends all drunk and he's in the fucking there's like some kiddie pool. And, he's for a and, and it's just one of those things where, like, to me, he's a control freak. And he he wants to tell everyone
0: what to do. You know, and I'm just not.
2: Uh, you know, for my people, describe me as the same. I'm, I'm not a control freak. I'm in control of my own shit. Yeah. I don't ask pay allegiance.
1: I want them to be themselves. Yeah. I don't hang around with a bunch of followers. What's the fucking point Peter your ass all day? Yeah, I mean, you don't get, I mean, the, the biggest inspiration musically is to like, uh, you know, learn stuff from playing in a band with other people. I mean, if you're gonna fucking do it all by yourself, you might as well play all the instruments by yourself. Yeah, man,
2: it's just like, I, I like the learning process. I like, someone doesn't have me to dig them, you know? And, uh, and it's one of those things where like, I was. I made myself extremely available in case he ever wanted to fucking talk about something, and he never seemed to want to. And, but he made a lot of threats. Like, I went even. I, I went even into in, in places where he was, where his friends were, and went in and, and said, "Hello, my name is Joshua Homme. You can either use the phone or give me a haircut." <laughs> and, or if it was a tattoo shop, I, I I said you can either. You know, I'm here to get tattooed or I'm here to wait till you use the phone. <laughs> I did it all over the country, you know, because, like, people were called and I see you know, that bullshit. So I'm, I went places saying full name and saying, I'm here to do whatever it is I'm here to do. Because, you know, physical scars and shit that all that shit heals. Yeah. I'm willing to lose because it's worth it. Yeah. Know? And, and, and I mean, if you're gonna risk, some, you, if you're gonna gain anything, you gotta risk something, you know. Yeah. And and like, I want I want people to understand that that's who I am, because in this all this business man, whether you do, whether or not it almost up to you, but as long as you like do what you say you're gonna do, you know that that makes or makes you different than ninety
3: nine percent of people in the music business, you know.
2: Yeah. It's like, it, it's it's so much just
1: do something and then tell people what you just did instead of saying, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah. That, that's just, just a bunch of hot air, man. Yeah, I, he- I hear you, man. That's actually some kind of timely advice for me. I'm just finally getting the opportunity to play in a band again out here. I'm gonna be playing drums with this band it's coming up soon. I'm learning their songs right now, and I've been doing a lot of like this, you know, this is what I want to do, but now I'm actually gonna fucking put the nose to the grindstone. But uh, I was... Curious um, You know It seems really ideal to me Like I always wanted To have a girlfriend Who also plays music And You know Be able to collaborate With her And do you Do you and Brody Play together at all or are you ever going to Like make a record together You think
2: Yeah man Absolutely it Is all, all I need Is For her Like she needs She's going to make A record And Like As soon as she gets Respect Or uh, Like Or no, wow, that's not right in the right start. What it is is that I want people, people to, if I stay with her right now, people go that I did everything or bullshit like that. Yeah. She's She's got some badass tunes and fucking been listening to Rocky Erickson and Beefheart and all this badass shit. Awesome. And I want her to make a record all, all on her own uh, so that no one can dispute that she's been doing that for years. Yeah. And, and, and once she does that, um, Cause I, then, because we, we, we got this this band, baby slut. What's it called? Baby slut. Baby slut. Uh, baby slut. And uh, B-A-B-Y slut. Okay. And, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, all she has to, all she has to do is make the record she's about to make, and uh, and then I don't give a fuck anymore because I just want to make sure that she gets her yeah. I don't want to take away from it because this ain't oh You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a, is a situation where I like her music because I like her. Yeah. It's a situation where, like,
1: part of the reason I love this girl is because her music is fucking badass. Yeah, I saw a, a video from the r- record before that, and uh, I was totally transfixed by her before I had, knew she had anything to do with you. Yeah. I, I mean, she great shit. Big time, man. I... I w- I was too and I still am, you know? Yeah. Like I can go out with some dumbass broad. I need someone that's got the stuff and got brains
2: and, and is their own person because what the fuck do I need it's it's like it's the whole thing, you know, like someone who has their own life and then you got your own life and you choose to come
1: together, not not like you need to. Yeah. And not glomming onto your scene or vice versa. What what some crazy psych would call codependent bullshit. Yeah. You know? That that's for fucking girls, man. I I like I don't got to try to write somebody.
2: You know, it's just like uh, fuck Terry Springer. Just give me the real shit. You know? Yeah.
1: That's cool. The best way for me. Are there people outside of music that uh? Inspire you like writers, uh, you know, novelists, or poets, or anything like that. Well,
2: uh, I, I I find the inspiration in the, in the strangest shit. Like uh, there's so many, like like Jim Thompson, you know, the, all those uh, old school crime novels and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like he wrote Grifters. Yeah. The flick and and uh, and uh, and. In, in the desert, like, there's all these thrift store books and things like that, comics, and, and, uh, and well, I, I, like, you get inspiration in the funniest fucking places, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I read, I, I, I read stuff like, uh, Carmack McCorthy, shit like mm-hmm. that. And, what, what is it, Blood Meridian? Yeah, that's a fucking badass. That's one of my favorite books of all time,
1: you know? I read I read almost all of it then I lost it. The blood rating is bad. It's just so it's so descriptive, like but without all the boredom. Yeah.
2: Like I don't need someone to describe the light on a doorknob. No. Um, you know? But Cormac like it gets to the point a little quicker and uh and I also like like I never read I never have read uh no or all the, all the Kerouac I've read, like that shit bores the fucking ass off of me. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and eh. So I, I try to get it in, in different spots mm-hmm. I love to read history. And I, for me, lyrically, like, I just don't want to use too many pedestrian words. I want to like paint pictures, make some color, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, in the past, I used to say these lyrics are about nothing. That way I wouldn't have to talk about them. Right. But I think now that it gets confused as if everything doesn't mean nothing,
1: and that's total bullshit. I, I, I gotta live it for it to, to be written down, you know? Well, like earlier on, something like, you know, Bloody Apron, Leg of Lamb, that really doesn't seem like it'd ever really mean anything. But something like. Uh, but actually, it does. Like, it, it, in a rare moment, if I was to describe
2: that song, it, it's, it's about not wanting to, like, horror things sums it up. Infiltrate the walls that are caving in. Yeah. It ain't a bad thing to the same reality. Like, you make your own reality. Don't worry about people telling you. Everyone gets scared when someone goes to do something new and cut their own path. Like, don't, I don't want to just end up in the fucking woods, you know, like butchered meat, like some leg of lamb, you know? Uh, and, and it's like, I, I think I'm fucking fodder for, for the rest of the world to, like, chew off of. You know, it's like, that's not about placing your own path. You
1: know? Wow, and, and and you know, so I sort of just pictured you driving by a butcher shop and and singing that out loud. <laughs> don't want to follow the laws of man, bloody ape, leg of lamb.
2: Like follow them, that's where you end up. Yeah. And really, that's one of the that, that's one of the main reoccurring things. I almost like, don't well, use lyrics as a reminder to myself, you know?
3: Yeah. It's like.
2: Because I don't really follow the laws of men, really.
3: Yeah.
2: I only stay out of jail, man. Like if it's three o'clock in the morning and the light is red and there's no one coming, I just go.
3: Yeah. Because I acknowledge that the traffic light is there to stop accidents and and keep the flow
2: of traffic going. But at three in the morning when I'm alone, it is useless now and it doesn't. Because it's illegal to run it, doesn't mean shit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have that philosophy about the stop signs back here where I live in Costa Mesa, but I actually managed to get pulled one night. <laughs> well, I've been pulled
2: over eight times for doing what I just said, and yeah. I just got got ticket Because I, I sit and talk, I talk to the guy and say, can I ask you a question? What are the lights there for? And, and you know, I don't, i do not a smart ass with him. Yeah. You ran it, you ran the light. do get me. Yeah. And here we are, two guys at 3.30 in the morning, and we're following this thing, and we don't know why, or we're not asking. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying go vote right now. That's It's not like one of those soapbox things. No, but I mean, yeah, I hear you. It's just one of those things where I appreciate most people follow laws, and, and I respect that, but I
1: appreciate that they do it because it, it provides any narrow pathway for me to not do it. Yeah, you got to know when not when not to follow. I mean, civil disobedience, uh, who is that, Thoreau or Emerson? I can't remember, but... Yeah, I mean, I have the same philosophy. And actually, I didn't get a ticket that night either. I, just, I said, hey, there's nobody around, what's the big deal? Yeah, it's just one of those things where if you feel
2: someone's fucking vanity and say, uh, we're doing something uh, because we're told to, but, but right now, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Yeah. And yeah. the philosophy. I mean, to me... Uh, music and life, all the stuff falls under a thing I call the philosophy you know Uh where where (laughs) 75 it's like whatever dude I'm going a certain speed no matter what and that's a minuscule example of the philosophy
1: you know I think I can relate though you know I mean I oddly enough I don't know you know I'm not like you know I don't know like in, in any kind of hero worship but I've always felt like your angle, you're coming from the same angle I am, even though I was raised in the south in Virginia and you were raised in the desert. You seem to have, we seem to have come across a lot of the same stuff to guide us in certain direction. I'm hearing more of it now than I ever expected to. Well, I I think that there's a lot of people that are just like you and I, and and lots
2: of them feel the threat uh,
3: of what happens if they act on it. Yeah. Really, those threats really don't exist, you know? Like,
2: uh, people always try to give you a warning so that you'll do what they would like you to do. Yeah. But I would rather see if that's correct because, as I know it, you only go around one time. You might as well go for it. Yeah. I don't mean go for it like fucking bungee jumping and bullshit. I, I, I mean, like, you may
1: as well be who you think right and try to leave it better than you, than you found it. Yeah, well, like you said, make your own reality and you know make your own myth and live by, your own, live by your own rules, not to the point of totally blowing off your responsibility to other people around you so that you're not infringing on them. You well, know, I, I, I mean, I think part of,
2: of living by your own rules is not getting yourself into a situation where they conflict with the laws of man so much that you have to uh, be caught. Yeah. You know, I think part of it is, is being savvy enough and having the fucking fan to not be caught. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and I don't mean not uh, it sounds like everything's illegal or something, but what it is is it's defined, you know. Yeah. It it, it, it defines the uh, uh, the world that is set up. I was born into a world, and that's great. I appreciate what everyone else has done, but it still doesn't negate the fact that like uh, I have to see if you're right or not.
3: Yeah. And and, and right is only
2: uh, subjective through. Yeah, you know, uh, I I don't I don't want to fucking cause any harm, but I'm not thinking
1: any shit either. You know? Yeah. I, um, well, uh, more mundane questions. Do you have any plans to re- to release those old Desert Sessions through Records Records?
2: I am. Um, I'm, and actually, I'm going to start doing box set for every ten, so that people can just get all ten at once.
1: That would be awesome.
2: And and so I'm going to do individuals in a box. Like after I do these next. I'm gonna try to do some uh, in either December or January, the 11 and 12, and when
1: those come out, uh, also the first ten will all come out together. That's great. I, I, am I, I, like an asshole. I sold all my uh, man's Ruined vinyl of that stuff like a while ago because I needed money, and I guess that's sort of what, what music has to be for you sometimes. <laughs> but um, and I can't. It's not easy to replace, you know. Well, those, those ones are actually worse some those, so if you get in a tight spot, that's almost what they're for. You know, it's
2: like, they're, you know, the music is the, is the music. Uh,
1: yeah, just a regular E1 for, for okay. that. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, but the medium is something else entirely, right? What, what's that? The medium, like it being on a record, that doesn't, I mean, the music's not going to be gone just because you sold the record. Yeah, I mean,
2: the that, like collect records and shit, too, and I dig it, but sometimes I've had to sell records, too, you know? And, like, fuck, just, you're fucking hungry, <laughs> And, like, you're like, all oh, right, I gotta get, you know? Like, the yeah, activities of life require. Yeah. But, and those are classic to have, like, right, like, find the 15 original uh, Man's Ruin, uh, first Queens of the Stone Age record. But, like, blue, the bootleg blue and the yellow one. Yeah. Like, you know, we did, you know, 3,000 and 15 or 2,500 were one color, and 300 were another color, 200 were another, and then we did an, uh, another legal run of 200 that were blue,
1: bootleg. Oh, really? And you could only buy them at the shows, you know?
3: Uh-huh.
1: And it's like, those are worth like a thousand bucks. Yeah, G- Jamie actually recently sold all of her old Man's ruined stuff on eBay and I was like "Oh, hold on to five and you know Desert Sessions five for me Or, and she's like well you got 500 bucks I was fuck that you know what man I'll send you five that'd be awesome I think I still think I, have oh, I, you know I'll send you one of what
2: whatever I got left
1: what is which one is Black Anvil Ego that has like eight uh, like Rickshaw and shit on it that's seven and eight I think no nah, seven and 8 it's got like Hanging Tree and. oh yeah five and six yeah. It, it, it's on either five or six. I it's six. If you've got five and six on CD, that would be good enough for me. Dude, I, I I don't think I got it on CD, but I think I got it on vinyl. Oh, well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, then you, then you got five, six hundred
2: bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll cherish it forever, man. Hey, what? Give me an address and I'll send it to you, and then I'm gonna go grab yeah. some fiddles. Okay, it's uh 1310 Logan Avenue, uh-huh. U, unit E. Logan of uh, Unit E. Yeah, Costa Mesa, California. Nine two six two six. What is it not specific? Nine two six two six. Nine two six two six. Uh, real quick, I wanted to add there, that was a contest of some kind on one of those where kids sent in poems and you wrote songs around them. Yeah. Who was that off your like fan side or did Man's Ruin set that up or? Man's uh, it was actually like, I knew
2: this guy who did country tales where you just give him lyrics and he'd write, you a, write a song and send it back to you. Uh huh. And so we started fucking around with this idea, and to be honest, 99%, there was like about 150 entries,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: 99% of them were so bizarrely cheesy that you couldn't even use them. <laughs> it was like, Desert Sand brings me down to the earth. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like, not even in a funny way, you know, where it's just like, oh God, this is covered in goo. <laughs> so, uh, a little secret that you can't ever print, all right? Okay. This is our trusting if I'm sending you these records. All right. Um, is that, like, we wrote uh, 80% of them ourselves and just wrote people, we were like, like,
1: hey, this person's from Australia. <laughs> Those are some incredible songs. I mean, I've, I've wooed women with those songs before. They're, like, some of my favorite, like, you know, those are the money shots that go on the mixtapes, you know? Yeah, so there, there's some good,
2: man, that I'm, I'm starting to understand how to to put people in a chemistry set better each time, too. Like, the last, it's the, getting really good, man. I'm, I'm really psyched. Like, because all that shit is made up there, you know? I mean, the last one, 16 songs in six days.
1: Yeah, that's probably, I mean, that all of the desert sessions are great, but 9 and 10 is just fucking out of sight. I mean, PJ Harvey was one of my favorites anyway, and to have her and you together on one record is fucking awesome as shit. And to see
2: her go, like, I won't sing in front of anyone because I feel
1: uncomfortable and I don't want to
2: experiment in front of people I don't know. And, you know, and I said, you know what, it's, it's totally fine, I'll ask everyone to leave or whatever. But knowing that she wouldn't be that way for long, and that by the by the next morning, seeing her like with lyrics all around her in the in the living room, which is the control room, uh-huh. people sitting like two feet away from her reading a magazine, like whatever. Yeah. And to see her singing and doing that—that's what it's for. is like break down and ask you if you remember why you started playing. Yeah. And and, and to see that like that like it sense, but like shit about you know. It mean, it would be, I could see how someone could say, like, hey, go out the desert with the pretend blah, 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 you know? Yeah. The same, at the same
1: time, they kind of are never going to get it anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, that's just, like, the the got to be the awesomest, most inspirational thing about where you, what you've done with your musical career and how I'd like to you know imitated is I want to just fucking play with people that are fucking you know they take themselves serious enough to fucking try and make music but are fucking laid back enough that you know they can just try a bunch of shit and like you know not be embarrassed you know and it's not, I mean fucking like only only
2: by eating shit do you fucking figure out how to not eat shit anymore that's right <laughs> so it requires some eating shit you know what I mean yeah and, and, and like to have that where you don't have an ego about it and everyone's honest and you leave your feelings at the door. Like if someone in Queens, if someone goes, uh, we, if we tried something uh, a couple of, and would transpose it in a different key or at a couple of different tempos and still it's not coming together, like just go, I'm not digging it, man. It's not coming together yet. It's, it, it, it's more about a song being, it's, it has finished itself, you know? Yeah. And no one goes like, I worked on it for two weeks. How could you? <laughs> and everyone's got other bands that they can put it in if they choose to. It's not condemning and saying it's shit. It's saying it's not right for Queens or this situation,
1: right? Yeah. Now. Well, fuck, I think it was uh, Fitzgerald that said, if you want to be a writer, you got to get used to killing your babies.
2: Yeah, fucking A, man, because that uh, it's not a personal attack. It's it's just here, just right now, you know? Yeah. Even with, even with Nick, it's something that he you stopped kind of understanding a little bit, you know? Was like, dude, you gotta, you're lucky to be a we're, we're lucky to be musicians, man. Even if you don't fucking, even if you're broke, man, you're lucky to be a musician. You better act or
1: music will take itself away from you. Hey, um, I, w- I want to ask you, um, is there, maybe to the label or somewhere, is there an address I could send you? Uh, I'd like to send you some of the stuff we put out because I think you'd like it on TKO. And is not like some kind of marketing ploy, I just think you'd actually like it. But I also have this, huh? I said, yeah, we're past all that shit, yeah. Uh,
2: I'll give you a PO box. Okay, go ahead. Joshua uh-huh. Tree. Go ahead, say that again. Joshua Tree. Okay. Uh, 9252.
1: Two. Say the zip again. 9252. Two. And uh, um, I still didn't hear that. It's like nine two nine two two five two. two five two. Okay. And then, uh, put, John, put my name and put Hutch. Because either me or Hutch will grab it. One of the other things I want to send you is this, uh... I'm just going to get off the speakerphone
0: now. Is this... Uh... Josh Homme. It's my man. Word up. Yeah, the other night when I was over at Pete and Liz's place, they were mocking me about my fixation on, uh, on that band back in the day. I am less fixated now, but they're still one of my favorite bands of all time. And Josh Homme is my is my favorite guitar player and songwriter and just all around pop culture figure. Cause uh, and you know he just kind of represents it the way that uh, the way I think it should be done. At least I relate, you know, and there ain't that many of us over six foot tall, dopey looking honkies out there rock and roll um so i appreciate him representing for the crackers and the tall boys and the vaguely awkward <clears throat> so yeah that's my man so i uh, hope you enjoyed that and i hope i enjoy driving to raleigh to see them tonight um i've gotten to see a lot of great lineups Got to got to see him with nick Oliveri a bunch of times and with dave brohl and in small clubs and uh Glad I got to do that before. Got to Grande. I think this is going to be kind of a Grande show, and I think I actually have to sit in a seat for it. So, but that's cool. That's all right. That's all right. I'm old. I can sit down. I'm gonna be 44 in March. Move that shit. Oh yeah, my name's Curtis Payne, by the way. I forgot to tell you that in the beginning. Yeah. Alright, um I don't have anything else here. I just want to really get this done before I gotta go to work and get out of town tonight. I hope you enjoyed a little snapshot from the family album. Snapshots in a family album.